Al-Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi, wa man ihtada bihuda, amma ba'd. My dearly respected brothers and sisters, tonight, bi-idhnillahi ta'ala, we'll be discussing a topic regarding acts of worship and actions in general which the Prophet ﷺ loved to perform and loved to see others implementing and perform them. There is no doubt that Nabi ﷺ, he is the Qudwa, he is the example to all of mankind. And Allah Azza wa Jal sent him as an example to mankind. And we are commanded to follow the Prophet ﷺ. And from following the Prophet ﷺ is to love what he loved. So the Prophet ﷺ, he was placed on earth to worship Allah Azza wa Jal and to convey the message. And all acts of worship, and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he loved to perform them. There is no doubt about that. Every worship, our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam loved to perform. But there are certain actions that he specifically mentioned he loved doing. And this is what we will be covering tonight, bi-idhnillahi ta'ala. And before we start with the worships that the Prophet ﷺ loved to perform, it's important that we understand what does the word worship mean. And Nabi ﷺ, he loved performing acts of worship. And we are commanded to worship Allah. So the question is, what is a worship? What is an act? of worship. Shaykhul Islam ibn Taymiyyah he gave a very simple definition to what an act of worship is. He said worship is every, everything from sayings and actions that Allah loves. Everything from sayings and actions that Allah loves, whether they are hidden Actions or apparent actions Because some actions are hidden In the heart Like ikhlas, sincerity Like tawakkul, relying on Allah And so forth So anything that you say And anything that you do Whether it's hidden or apparent If Allah loves it That's an act of worship It's simple so the Prophet wasallam, there are certain things that he loved to do and he loved to have within himself. From those things, my brothers and sisters, is Iman. And Nabi wasallam, he loved Iman, he loved faith and he loved to have it. He loved to always increase it. And he always feed 
that his iman will go down. For the Prophet wasallam, loving iman is a lesson for us that we must love iman also. But loving iman is not just a saying on the tongue. To love iman means to build it. To love iman means to protect it. To protect your iman from going down. And iman increases by doing good actions. And iman goes down because of sins. Many times we hear people say, I feel my iman is low. This is usually because the person will be committing sins. But alhamdulillah, it's normal for iman to go up and down. That's part of our faith. But when iman is down, it's important that we lift it up. And you lift up your iman by doing ibadah, righteous actions. The more good deeds you do, you'll feel your iman boost. How do we know that the Prophet ﷺ loved iman? He used to say in his dua, Allahumma habib ilayna al-iman wa zayyinhu fi qulubina. What a beautiful dua. He used to say, Oh Allah, make iman beloved to us. Make us love iman. And adorn iman within our hearts. Oh Allah, make iman beloved to us and adorn it in our hearts. This word, وَزَيِّنْهُ fi qulubina. This shows that iman, faith, is an adornment. It's a zina. And what does that mean? The person who has iman is beautiful. And their heart is beautiful because the heart is adorned with, with iman. And subhanallah, and it's true. When you look at a mu'min or a mu'mina who has iman, you see and you find the beauty in that person. Someone who worships Allah and obeys Allah Azza wa Jal, this person no doubt will always show beauty in themselves. And that's why an Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would say that dua وَزَيِّنْهُ fi qulubina, And adorn iman within our hearts For iman is the greatest adornment It is the most beautiful thing that a Muslim can possess There's no doubt about that So we must always try to protect our iman By avoiding sin and worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. From the actions that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also loved my dear brothers and sisters from the worships that he loved was the salah, the prayer. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he loved to pray. It was his favorite thing to do. And any time he felt down or scared or he felt worried or anxious or anything of the sort, he would run to the salah. And we all know what he used to say to the Mu'addin Bilal radiallahu anhu. 
He used to say to Bilal, Arihna biha. Bring us comfort with it, meaning the adhan so we can pray. Now the Prophet ﷺ, he loved to pray. Because the prayer is the most important act of worship that the Muslim can perform. Allah gave it directly to Muhammad ﷺ. And how do we know that the Prophet ﷺ loved to pray? From the hadith. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, حُبِّبَ إِلَيَّ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا النِّسَاءِ وَالطِّيبِ The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Two things have been made beloved to me from the dunya. Meaning, I love two things from this dunya. This is the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Two things I love from this world. Women and perfume. Two things the Prophet ﷺ loved, and that's why he got married ﷺ. Women and perfume. He loved perfume ﷺ. So these are two things from the world that the Prophet ﷺ loved. But then he said, وَجُعِلَ قُرَّةُ عَيْنِ فِي الصَّلَاةِ But the coolness of my eye, meaning... The most beloved thing to me out of everything is the prayer. He loved the prayer more than anything else. So when we stand up to pray, my brothers and sisters, we must understand that this is a gift from Allah. For he has allowed you to pray. When others and many others have not prayed and do not pray, and when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the munafiqun, the hypocrites, he describes them as, وَإِذَا قَامُوا إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ قَامُوا كُسَالًا And if they stand to pray, they stand out of laziness. That's a quality of the munafiqin. So look at the difference between the Prophet wasallam and the others. They stand to pray out of laziness, whereas the Prophet ﷺ, he found his comfort in the salah. And he had a huge love for it. So when we pray, my brothers and sisters, we should never see the prayer as a burden. That is your connection between you and your Rabb. That is where Allah opens his doors for you. And the closest, that you can ever be to Allah Azza wa Jal is in your salah. That's what the Prophet ﷺ said. He said the closest a servant is to Allah is when he's in sujood. So make plenty of dua, he said. You can never get closer to Allah than when you are in sujood. So the prayer is a beautiful thing, subhanAllah. And Nabi ﷺ, he loved to perform it. And he never felt the salah to ever be a burden. Never. Also from the actions that the Prophet ﷺ loved is the frequent worship. To be consistent upon worship. Aisha radiallahu anha, she was asked a question after the Prophet ﷺ died. They asked her, what was the most beloved action to the Prophet ﷺ? She said, the frequent one. 
the frequent action was the most beloved to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Why? Because being frequent in worship is a sign of consistency. And it's a sign of istiqama, steadfastness. And a small action that is done consistently is more beloved to Allah than a large action that's only done once. Remember that. A small action that is done consistently is more beloved to Allah than a huge action that's only done once. For example, someone consistently gives sadaqah, gives charity. He gives one dollar every week. Small amount. But every week he is consistent in giving one dollar for Allah. And then another person gives a thousand dollars for Allah once. He gets rewarded also, but his reward is not like the first. Allah loves consistency. Because it is important, my dear brothers and sisters, that we are frequent in our worship. That we don't get bored of worshipping Allah Azza wa Jal. Because the most important thing in your life is to be steadfast. And when you are steadfast in your religion, this is a sign that Allah loves you. As Allah Azza wa Jal says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا رَبُّنَ اللَّهِ ثُمَّ اسْتَقَامُوا Verily those who say Allah is our Lord. But look, speech alone is not enough. Allah did not stop there. He said, verily those who say Allah is our Lord, and then they remain steadfast upon that. And then they remain steadfast upon that. What is their outcome? As Allah mentions, لا خوف عليهم ولا هم يحزنون. There is no fear upon them, nor will they grieve. The scholars said no fear upon them, meaning at the time of death. The one with steadfastness at the time of death, there is no fear upon him. Because the angels will come down and give him glad tidings. Before his death. And they will not grieve, meaning in the next life. They'll be satisfied. But to be frequent, my dear brothers and sisters, whether it's your prayer, your sunnah prayer, your sunnah fasting, your charity, your adhkar, whatever it is, you must always try your best to be consistent. And that's how you build a strong foundation within yourself, by being consistent in your worship. Also, from the actions that Rasulullah loved, is to perform the prayer Wherever it came To perform the prayer Wherever it came And what that means is Anytime the salah entered The Prophet ﷺ loved to pray wherever it was And that also shows you steadfastness He would not delay the salah as the hadith mentions, كَانَ يُحِبُّ أَنْ يُصَلِّ حَيْثُ أَدْرَكَتْهُ الصَّلَاةِ 
He used to love to pray wherever the prayer came. So when you are out and about and the prayer enters, if it is a place where you can pray, then the sunnah is to pray. Because that prevents you from delaying your prayer. And Allah Azza wa Jal does not like for us to delay the prayer. So the Prophet loved this action. He loved to pray whenever the prayer entered. No matter where it was. So that's another sunnah of the Prophet that he loved to perform. And the Prophet ﷺ in the hadith, he said, جُعِلَتْ لِي الْأَرْضُ مَسْجِدًا وَطَهُورًا He said, the entire earth has been made for me a place of worship and a place of purification, to purify. And that's something that was gifted to the Prophet ﷺ and this ummah only, no one else. Because all the other nations, if they wanted to worship Allah, they were only able to worship Allah in the places of worship. But the Prophet ﷺ, he said, I was given something no one else was given. The earth was made a masjid for me. So we should take advantage of this. That wherever we are, when the prayer enters, we pray. This is the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Also from the actions that the Prophet ﷺ loved to perform, was praying his sunnah prayer at home. And Nabi ﷺ, he loved to pray the sunnah prayer at home. Not many people know this. It is better, my dear brothers, to pray your sunnah at home than in the masjid. It is better to pray your sunnah at home than anywhere else. The masjid and the jama'ah is only for the fard. That is the best prayer in the masjid, the fard. As for the sunnah, the best sunnah is at home. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he taught us this. He said, عَلَيْكُمْ بِالصَّلَاةِ فِي بُيُوتِكُمْ He said, pray in your homes. Why? He said, فَإِنَّ خَيْرَ صَلَاةِ الْمَرْءِ فِي بَيْتِ The best prayer of a man is in his house. إِلَّا الصَّلَاةِ الْمَكْتُوبَةِ Except for the fard. The fard prayer, it is best in jama'ah. And it is best in the masajid. <clears throat> As for every other prayer, it is best to be prayed at home. Many times we find our brothers, may Allah reward them, and the prayer is still accepted. It does not mean the prayer is not accepted. But what is better? And what is the sunnah? We find many brothers, they pray their fard in the masjid or in the jama'ah, then right after it, they pray the sunnah, even though they're going home. Don't do that. If you are going home after your fard, leave your sunnah until you get home. Because the Prophet ﷺ said, do not make your houses like graveyards. In other words, don't abandon the prayer in your homes. 
because we can't pray in graveyards. So the graveyard is a place where we don't pray. So he said, don't make your homes like graveyards. In other words, pray in your homes. So the sunnah prayer should be prayed at home. And the masjid is for the fard. Even the Prophet ﷺ, he used to pray the sunnah in his house. Then he would come out and lead in the congregation. That was his way. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Also, from the actions that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam loved was a shukur. A shukur means to be thankful. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he loved to thank Allah. To thank Allah for his blessings. This was an action he loved. And how do we know that? From the hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as Aisha radiallahu anha narrated. She said that he would pray the night prayer until his feet became swollen. Look at the worship of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. No one from the creation can compete with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in worshipping Allah. He used to pray the night prayer until what? Not until he got tired. Until his actual feet would swell. So Aisha radiallahu anha, she asked the Prophet and she said, Ya Rasulullah, why do you do this to yourself when Allah has forgiven all your sins, the past and the future? Allah has guaranteed the Prophet ﷺ paradise. His past and future sins were forgiven by Allah. So she's curious, why do you do this to yourself even though your sins have been forgiven? So the Prophet ﷺ responded and he said, O Aisha, if that is the case, should I not love to be a thankful servant? Should I not love... To thank Allah for this blessing. And that's a huge lesson. That when Allah blesses you with something, you thank Him for it. And the greatest way to show thanks to Allah is by obeying Him. To obey Allah, this is to thank Him. And the worst of sins is when Allah blesses a person with whatever it is, whether it is children, or it is wealth, or health, or whatever it is, beauty, and then they use that blessing to disobey Allah. This is from the greatest and utmost disrespect to Allah. Like someone, Allah gives them wealth, and then they go and spend that wealth in haram. Allah gives someone children, a blessing. And then they use those children to disobey Allah. Or Allah gives someone health. And the person uses that health in sin. Or Allah gives a man or a lady beauty, jamal. And they use that beauty in the haram. How disrespectful to Allah is this? That we use his blessing to disobey him. Subhanallah. 
Now the Prophet وسلم, he loved to thank Allah. And Allah said, if you thank him, he will increase. That's a promise from Allah. As long as you thank Allah for the blessing, Allah will increase the blessing always. Also from the things that the Prophet loved was listening to the Qur'an being recited. And this is amazing. Why? Because the Qur'an was revealed to Muhammad And yet, he used to love to hear others recite it. And we get that from the hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud <coughs> radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud was a great companion. And he narrates in the hadith, he says, one time the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to me, O oh Abdullah, recite from the Qur'an to me. Can you imagine that? Imagine the Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam asking you to recite the Qur'an in front of him. So Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu, he found this to be huge. And he said, Ya Rasulullah, how can I possibly recite the Qur'an to you when the Qur'an is revealed to you? This is what Ibn Mas'ud said. How can I recite to you when the Qur'an was revealed to you? So the Prophet ﷺ said to him, I love to hear it from other than myself. I love to hear the Qur'an from other than myself. So Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu began to recite some verses until he reached the verse where Allah Azza wa Jal said, and how would it be, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when we bring you as a witness over mankind? How would it be when we bring you as a witness over mankind? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he will be a witness to testify on the Day of Judgment. To testify that he conveyed the message. Our Prophet ﷺ, he had the largest and the most greatest responsibility on his neck. And that was to convey the message that Allah gave him. Allah gave him a message. A message that the mountains couldn't even carry. And the Prophet ﷺ took it and he passed it on. And Allah's telling him, how would it be when we bring you as a witness over them? The Prophet ﷺ was overwhelmed by these verses and he began to cry because he knew his responsibility. And that's why one of the greatest fears that he had was whether he conveyed the message or not. And there is no doubt that he conveyed it. And right before his death, in Hajjatul Wada', the greatest gathering, when he was performing Hajj, and he had all the companions in front of him, radiallahu anhum, he asked them one question, just to show you his concern over this ummah. He said, what would you say to Allah about me? This was Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa What would you say to Allah about me? He's worried, because he knew that his time was close to meeting Allah. 
So the Sahaba said, we will tell Allah that you conveyed the message and you fulfilled the trust. You done your job. And the Prophet ﷺ would point up to the heavens and he would say, Allahumma fashhad. Oh Allah, witness to what they say, that I did convey the message. But mankind will have no excuse in the next life. The Prophet ﷺ taught us everything. And he did the best of jobs. No one could have done a better job than him. He fulfilled the message as Allah sent it. And that's why the religion of Islam has no gaps. It has no flaws. It is perfect, a perfect system. It teaches us everything. Did not leave us in any darkness. The Prophet ﷺ said, Taraktukum ala al-bayda. I left you on a white clear path. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum, after his death, they said, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam taught us everything, even knowledge about the bird in the sky. He did not leave anything out. But the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam is the greatest of mankind and there is no doubt about that. Also, from the actions that the Prophet ﷺ loved was gentleness. And Nabi ﷺ, he loved gentleness. And we get that from the hadith where he said to the great companion, Ashaj Abdul Qais, he said to him, you have two qualities in you, this companion. The Prophet ﷺ said to him, you have two qualities in you that Allah loves. He said gentleness and consideration. Two beautiful qualities for a Muslim to be gentle and considerate to others. So Ashaj radiallahu anhu, he got so happy. And he said to the Prophet ﷺ, Ya Rasulullah, are these two qualities from me? Or did Allah give them to me? Prophet said, Allah gave them to you. So then he said, Alhamdulillah. All praise be to Allah who has given me qualities that he loves and his messenger loves. So the Prophet he loved gentleness in its right time. And the Prophet was never a harsh man. Yes, he was firm. And he fought battles, but he was not a harsh person. And he was not harsh to the believers, never. Allah ordered the Prophet ﷺ, and lower your wings to the believers. For the believer is humble towards the believers. And that is a quality of the Prophet ﷺ. Also from the things that the Prophet ﷺ loved, was the large number of his ummah. He loved the fact that his ummah is the largest ummah. And he mentioned that on the day of judgment, he will see a huge nation. And then he'll ask, is this my nation? And they'll tell him, no, this is the nation of Musa alayhi salam. He says, then a greater nation will come, even greater than that one, 
and then it will be said to him, this is your nation. The Prophet said, I was shown my nation and I was pleased with their number. He loves for his ummah to be large. And that's why we are encouraged when we get married to marry who, Ben? Who do we marry? Excellent. We are encouraged to marry the lady that has a lot of children. Marry the affectionate and the childbearing female. Because the Prophet ﷺ will boast about his nation on the Day of Judgment. So this is something that he loves also. Also from the things that the Prophet ﷺ loved is good dreams. He loved seeing good dreams. Because good dreams are from Allah. They're like a gift. So whenever you see a good dream, you should love it. And you should tell your good dreams to people that you love. This is from the Sunnah. As Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu said, he would love the good dream. Because the good dream is from Allah Azza wa Jal. Also from the actions that the Prophet loved was to always give preference to his right over his left. He loved using the right before the left. As Aisha radiallahu anha narrated that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يحب التيمن في تنعله وترجله وفي شأنه وطهوره وفي شأن كله The Prophet ﷺ loved using his right in his purification. That's why when we make wudu, we we start with the right before the left. And in combing his hair, whenever the Prophet ﷺ combed his hair, he would start with the right side before the left. That's a sunnah. Even though Ben can't do that, unfortunately. In your dreams. In my dreams too. Alhamdulillah. It's a good dream. Huh? Good dream. It's a good dream. Yeah? No. no. So combing the hair, starting with the right. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi used to love it. And in wearing his sandals. That's why when you wear your shoes or your sandals, you start with the right foot before the left. And then when you remove them, you start with the left and then the right. These are actions the Prophet Sallallahu loved. What does it harm you if you've done it? No harm. You will get rewarded for following your Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Also from the things the Prophet Sallallahu loved was Mecca and Medina. He loved Mecca. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he loved Mecca very much. And when he migrated to Medina, he said in his famous words, Mecca, you are the most beloved land to me. And if it was not for your people, I would never have left you. So he felt he had no option but to leave because of the harm of Quraysh. And if it was not for that, and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa would never have left 
Mecca. And he loved Medina because that's where he migrated. And he loved its people. The people of Mecca from the believers and the people of Medina from the believers. Also from the things that the Prophet ﷺ loved was the mountain of Uhud. The mountain of Uhud in Medina. Who's seen the mountain of Uhud in real life? MashaAllah. Beautiful. And whoever hasn't, we ask Allah to allow you to see it. The mountain of Uhud, where I lived in Medina, in the apartment, we had a rooftop. If you went on my rooftop, you could see the mountain of Uhud. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said about the mountain of Uhud, هَذَا جَبَلٌ يُحِبُّنَا وَنُحِبُّ He said, this is a mountain that loves us and we love it. So loving the mountain of Uhud is from Iman. Since the Prophet ﷺ loved it. And the mountain of Uhud is the greatest mountain. There is no doubt about that. And we all know the famous hadith when the Prophet ﷺ and Abu Bakr anhu and Umar radiallahu anhu and Uthman radiallahu ta'ala anhu were all on the mountain of Uhud. These four. And which four? The greatest. Each one is greater than a mountain. The Prophet wasallam, Abu Bakr, Umar and Uthman. They were standing on the mountain of Uhud and from their greatness, the mountain shook. It began to shake. So the Prophet ﷺ put his foot firmly on it and he said, Uthbut Uhud. Uhud, be firm, stop shaking. For upon you is a prophet and a truthful one and two martyrs, meaning Umar and Uthman. But the mountain of Uhud was beloved to the Prophet ﷺ, so we must also love it. And finally, my dear brothers, from the things that the Prophet ﷺ loved is white clothes. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he loved to wear the color white. And he said, Albisul bayad. He said, dress in white. He said, فَإِنَّهَا أَطْهَرُ وَأَطْيَبْ It is more pure and beautiful. The white clothes is more pure and beautiful. And then he said, وَكَفِّنُوا فِيهَا مَوْتَاكُمْ And shroud your deceased ones with it. And that's why the shroud in Islam is usually white. It doesn't have to be, but that is the preferred color. And that is the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ that we shroud our deceased in the color white. For these, this, my dear brothers and sisters, are some of the actions and the worships and things in general that the Prophet ﷺ he loved. And if Allah gives us life and strength, hopefully in the near future we'll discuss the things that the Prophet ﷺ disliked. This is what he loved. And then we will go through the things that he disliked. Wallahu a'lam. 
وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم. This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'ah.